Hello, it's Alice Arnold here. Welcome to the Magic Musicals and Theatre Podcast. Our guest this week is, well, I saw her perform in the musical Beautiful and she was absolutely brilliant in it. She is the star that is Cassidy Jansen. Now, Cassidy, you were in the original ensemble of Wicked, weren't you? And I then was. you knew Promoted, got promoted, got promoted to Alphaba. Yeah. Do you think that was the the part that really sort of got you noticed? Um, actually, I don't know. I think actually a little bit before that, I did Tick Tick Boom at the Many a Chocolate Factory with Neil Patrick Harris, um, and the lovely TJ. Um, and I think that probably got me a bit well noticed as well. And I think Wicked was was good for me as a bit of a stepping stone but I never because I was always stand by Alpha Bar. I was never I never actually had the part as my very very own so did that mean you got your green paint on every night and sometime did you get the no. green paint on no no so you only got sort of greened up when something was going wrong on stage and they'd be like right you're going on quick slap a load of green paint on your face you just had to hang around yeah actually when I was doing it I think the rules were slightly different which was I could be um five minutes away from the theater with my phone switched on in front of me, so I could go for dinner. I could go. Uh, mostly, I went to the gym. Actually, oh, did you? Oh, that's yeah, good for you. I know. It was with good. looking at your phone, thinking <laughs> if they get me now while I'm on the cross trainer, at least uh-huh. I'm ready to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but um, so that was um, that was quite a cushy little job actually for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Right. And obviously, getting to play that amazing part was um, a thrill and an honour. So of course we get to the hub of this which is you playing <laughs> Carol King on stage which yeah. I saw which was that you were phenomenal thank you in that role were you always were you a Carol King fan you're a bit young to have been a real Carol King fan I, I, I am a bit young to have been a Carol King fan however I was a huge fan and used Natural Woman as my audition song for Eons yes um, so and did you What? For, I mean how did you interpret Natural Woman did you do it like her or did you do it like Aretha Franklin or how, what was your version well, well, it it was kind of an amalgamation because uh, originally and apparently the original original production of Beautiful, they did the actual Carol King tapestry version. But everyone's so used to hearing the Aretha Franklin version, they kind of beefed it up a bit. So it's a kind of combination of the two. Um, but actually, I've done another version of it on my album, which is due out on the 14th of June. I know that we're probably plugging that a bit early, but there is a, a new version of Natural Woman. We've lowered the key. We've made it a very soft ballad as opposed to a big, oh really. Ripper. So it's um yeah, we've reimagined it. Oh, yeah. oh that's interesting. So yeah. Carol King came to see the show. She did. Oh tell me how that felt. Oh gosh, it was I, I felt like I was having an out of body experience actually. Um so we, we, we knew we'd been told it was a sort of gala night thing. So we always we knew that we were gonna stay on stage a bit longer and everyone was sort of on their particular A game. Mm-hmm. And then Normally the bands strike up at a certain point in the bows and they didn't. I remember looking down at the band going, oh, that's strange. And then suddenly there was all this gasping from stage left and this little lady walked on. And I was like, who's walking? Oh my God! It's Carol. And then it was like your life flashing before your eyes. I suddenly went went through my entire show in my head. I was like, oh God, was I any good? Or was I, did I portray her okay? Oh my God. I literally just lived her life in front of her and she's watched the whole thing. And it was, it was quite a moment. And she said, wonderful. I mean, I hoped if she ever came to see me, she would have said, good job. Well done, tap on the wrist. But she was very gushy and... 
I there's a there's some video footage of me and I look like my eyes are going to pop out my head because she's really giving me some incredible compliments and I just couldn't quite oh, take them in. Wow. I'm like crying. Yeah, I was going to say I'd have had to know. I would have been sobbing. If that I, had been yeah, me. I, yeah, it was an extraordinary moment. So you life. didn't know before. I guess mm-hmm. actually, almost the nerves would have been too much to bear. Oh, if then you'd how known could before no, how that could she I? was sitting there and then you'd be glancing sideways into the audience, going, "She liking this bit?" Like, yeah. So probably better. Yeah. That, oh, way better. That you found out afterwards. Oh, it would have been impossible. But how amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Have you heard from her since? Or well, we, pen pals. Well, <laughs> well, actually, funny that you should mention that. She, um, uh, I was doing my album then, and um, someone said, "Why didn't you write to Carol and see if she's got any unreleased tracks?" So I did, and she sent me five. <laughs> so I've got um, an unreleased Carol King song on my album, which is a bit of a pinch me, I'm dreaming thing. But um, yeah, so that was really, really rather lovely of her to do that. This is Mellow Magic with an hour-long special with our guest, the West End star, Casty Jansen. And yeah. the song you just heard was I'm Every Woman. This is from your album Leading Ladies, which yes. you do did with, with Beverly Knight and Amber Riley. I did. That's a good mix. How did that how did that happen in the first place? Oh my gosh, I got a phone call from my agent saying um Warner Records had been in touch and would I be the third person in a trio of musical songs and I said yes of course you knew who the other two were I did know who the other two were and um yeah I was um I think I was very lucky I got I think I was in the right place at the right time in the right show and um I am so grateful for that opportunity I learned so much from that what being in the recording studio yeah yeah Beverly in particular she's so professional and uh, her production skills are she's just a proper proper talent she produces her own albums and uh, i learned a lot a lot from doing that had you done much sort of recording work before i had or? i had actually um but it was um it was just a very joyous experience being in the room with those two girls and it was very eerie how our voices blended because we the three of us have got very different voices and um in particular, there was one moment where we were singing Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow? And the producer just said, um, why don't you do Busker Harmony Girls? And that's basically what ended up on the art album. It was the weirdest thing. We all just kind of found a line, went through it, and went, that sounded amazing. <laughs> so we all kind of had that spooky feeling of this is very special, even in the studio. And how did you decide which tracks? Did you did you decide or was that a production issue? And did we you did. fight sat- over it? How did that there work? Were, there were no fights. Uh, we all had similar tastes. We all had the same idea of what the album should be, which is more modern musical theatre songs as opposed to sort of the classical mm-hmm. stuff. Because um, we were all more kind of pop, soul vocalists, really. And um, no, we just sat down and we chewed the fat and we we said, well, maybe this album, uh, maybe this song or that song or, and if we have this song, we can't have that song because they're too similar and they serve the mm-hmm. same purpose. But we sat there and every song we picked ourselves, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's definitely our baby, yeah. You did the revival of chess at the Coliseum. I did last year. Yeah. With Michael Ball, Alexander yeah, Burt, yeah, Cedric yes. Neal, who's just been on The Voice and yes. Tim Howard and... Yeah, we had a hoot. I mean, it's not the funny show. I was going to we say, were, what, how did that work? The practical jokes going on backstage. Kirsty, were, were you misbehaving? <laughs> I still have the scars. I still have the scars. Yeah. Oh, come and tell us some of the things. I you don't got think I can to... share on the radio. <laughs> 
Michael Ball's well, a very naughty man, as everyone knows. No one's listening. You can just no tell one's just listening. you and me. And no, uh, I couldn't possibly. I couldn't possibly. Um, but uh, we had we had an absolute hoot backstage, and um, yeah, we, we all said we wished it. We wished it was a longer run than six weeks because we all got on so well mm-hmm. and we were just mucking around so much. See, my theory is the more serious the show, the easier the mucking around massively because you have to lighten the mood. Yeah, well, yes, and also it's so easy to be naughty about serious things if it's already <laughs> funny. It's quite hard to make it. Yeah, because then you like you funnier, like, but yeah. when it's not, it's anyway. Yes, yes. Did yes. you always keep a straight face on stage? Yeah, actually. Well, we had to because um, if you if you have if you saw the show, if you didn't see the show, um, the whole show was filmed and projected onto these five meter high screens. So we were on massive close up, so we couldn't oh, so get away with anything, anything. So we had to be really not good even on stage. a little twitchy smile. No, no, because you knew that. Don't look at me because even I'm a twinkle laugh. would have read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, no. Now you're doing another very serious thing now. <laughs> no. <Yes. laughs> and now I need to do a comedy, people. Someone cast me in a comedy. Actually, uh, well, we'll speak of that in a minute. I yeah, because you're back at the Coliseum. You're okay. sharing the role of Aldonza in The Man of La Mancha. So how did that one come about? That was really, really lovely. Um, the producer, Michael Linnett, called me up on a weekend and said, look, we, we need someone to share the role with Danielle Denise. Um, and I, I, we want you. Um, so I sort of said, oh gosh, I don't really know the show, listen to it. And, um, and I, it was around the time my album was coming out, so I wasn't sure if I could make it work, but we, we managed to make it all work. And I'm so glad because it's the most beautiful show with the most beautiful music and it's an amazing part. It it's is. It's am- a phenomenal part for a moment. Yeah. Goodness me. Um, yeah, and what I love about it is every scene is very high stakes. You can just sort of come on and bear your soul, and it's, it's really lovely. Mm. But Daniel Denise is an opera singer. She is. And you're not well, more a soul singer, you would say, would you? Yeah, or... I suppose I would say, yeah, soul, country, poppy. So your version of it must be quite different from hers. It's very different, actually. We um we reimagined it, and we've made it a belty role. We've changed the keys Oh, so really? We, so yeah. what, when you're on, it's different keys than when she's on? Yeah. Really? So we've kind of made it belty as opposed to soprano-y. Yeah. Because that's how I sing, you know. I um, know, when I, I saw it with her, I was trying to imagine how your voice would, because she's an opera singer, mm. and it's so, just a different thing. So when, when Michael Lennon offered me the role, he's like, I want to, you to sing it like you, I want you to use your voice. Because I was like, look, it's, I don't, I'm not, a, you know, I don't sing soprano, it's not my style. And he's like, no, we want to make it, we want to fit it to you, we want it to be different from her. Um, so I, I was like, okay. Um, and so uh, David White, the lovely MD, David White, um, and I sat around his piano at his house and we just worked out the best keys to make it still exciting, but that I would belt the end of things. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very exciting. Yeah, we, do, we have to make sure the orchestra get the white Oh, it's hilarious. on the right night. There's big otherwise... posters up every show <laughs> saying which Aldonza's on. Oh, and yeah. you see in the pits, as Danielle or Cassidy. <laughs> You know, one page said, and it could all go horribly wrong. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Now, this is only a limited season at the Coliseum. Four more weeks, I think. Now, but then you're off to do a musical called Anne Juliet. Yeah, is that how you say it? Which is a comedy. I'm funny is in it? it. Yes. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the music of Max Martin. Is that right? And uh, it is. it's it's. Biggest pop anthems. What what pop anthems are 
So basically, I'd, I'd not, sorry, Max, if you're listening, <laughs> I'd not heard of Max Martin, but he's the third biggest songwriter of all time, uh, only below uh, McCartney and Lennon. And he's written every big pop hit in the last 20 years. He's written everything for Britney Spears, Katy Perry, the Backstreet Boys. Every song um, that they've sung that's a big hit, he wrote, basically. And they've put together this amazing idea, which is a retelling of Romeo and Juliet. What would happen if... Juliet woke up, found Romeo dead, but decided not to kill herself. So um, it sounds like it would work. Doesn't sound that funny, Cassidy. I can't (laughs) even tell you, because we've we've done about six weeks of workshopping of it. The cast, I've never had this. I've loved a lot of casts, but there was one moment during the workshop where this kid called Kieran body popped across the stage before this wedding scene. And um, I went, oh, I think I've just fallen in love with an entire company, like fell in love. There's so much, everyone, you just feel everyone supporting everyone in their moment, in their scenes. And it's so funny. And, and what is genius, uh, David West Reed is the writer. He somehow, how he's done this, I don't know, made a really clever story, used pop songs with barely changing a pronoun that pushed the story along. Right, so it's, so it's not, not. It's not like a. They're not just, shoehorned in, and then it's the song, all. and then the story goes on. It's mental. It's I don't know how he's done it, and it's so funny. So, what are some other songs that we'll know then? In all this? of them, "Teenage right. Dream" by Katy Perry, uh, "Hit Me Baby One More Time," "Oops, I Did It Again," um, "Everybody," yeah, "Rocky Body," all the Backstreet Boys stuff. Um, "Raw," help me out here. "Raw" by Katy Perry. <laughs> Oh, God, now you're asking me to listen to songs. But every song is a hit. Um, Yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. So you're workshopping that, or you will be when you We've workshopped it already. Right. And then we start rehearsals for that at the end of July. And I can't wait because I'm playing William Shakespeare's wife. And it's with Oliver Tomset. And Oliver Tomset and I were in the original London cast of Wicked together. And we haven't worked together since then. And now it's like two... Too older, grown ups, and we're just throwing all this comedy stuff at each other. And it is, and he's six foot four, and I'm five foot nothing. And um, so we've added all these extra height gags as well. It's I can't tell you, my heart sings when I think about doing this show. Oh, how lovely! Oh, I'm so excited. Most exciting of all, well, I don't know, is that you've got a new album. I, I do. That is being released on the 14th of June. 14th of June. And everybody. it's my debut solo album. So. Debut solo album. Will you tell us about it? Oh, gosh. Well, it's it sort of um, been in the pipeline for a few years. Well, I've, I've wanted to do my own album for a very long time, but the opportunity never quite arose. And then I bumped into um, my producer, Rupert Christie, at a wedding a few years ago. And I'd known him from eons ago. Um, <laughs> and... Um, he'd sort of moved on from being a piano player to being a full producer and and we got chatting and it turned out we had a very similar idea about creating an album and so we got together and and, and wrote this album but a lot of it together and um, yeah so you wrote a lot of the yeah, songs right, eight on of it, the tracks, yeah. yeah um and uh i i'm so proud of it and i i'm 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 so lucky that i i bumped into rupert because he's done the most extraordinary production on the album he really has and um i got signed to bmg a lovely guy called ian ramage um signed me and, um, yeah, it's coming out on the 14th of June. I've got um, a single out called Better. Um, and it's quite a thrill. It's quite a thrill having 
having my own. Can we pre-order this album? Or you can it... pre-order. There are pre-orders we... online. Okay. Um, I don't have the link, but <laughs> no. somewhere. But yeah, folks, you can CassidyJanson.com. Yeah, Google it has, your website or something. Has Cassidy somewhere. Jansen. Yes, and then pre-order it. Yes, please all... pre-order it. Yeah, mm. and and well, it's been lovely having you in the studio. So, um, good luck with Anne Juliet. Thank you. Uh, when does that open? Do you know? Uh, we open in Manchester, I think, September time, and then we open in the West End, end of November. Ah, oh, right, so that's Shaft. a Christmas treat. Christmas treat, and it, it, it really, honestly, it's an absolute hoot. Oh. It's, it's really funny. Well, I can't wait to see it. All right, thank you, Cassidy. Thank you so much for coming in. A pleasure. Thank you, Alice. That was the Musicals and Theatre podcast with me, Alice Arnold. And if you enjoyed it, well, download the rest of them. There are loads on the website that you might want to listen to. And also, you can rate it. You give it marks out of ten or something. Give it a big tick. <laughs>